0: This is Cultivate a Good Life, Episode 87, Grief, Pain, Loss, Trauma, with Tasha Clifford. Hello, everybody. I am Becky Higgins. My friend and co-host is Becky Proudfit, and she is with us in this episode, but not for this very short little brief moment. As I introduce and kick off this episode, and I think we can just blame that on hashtag pandemic problems. We are logistically not able to get together quite as regularly and as often as we usually are. And so here we are, quarantine, and I am kicking off this episode. But don't you worry. This is a recorded conversation that we had with our new friend, Tasha. And um, as, as you listen shortly, you'll be able to hear how we know her, how we connected and why we have invited her to be a part of this ongoing conversation about cultivating a good life. And man, you guys, you will feel so connected to what Tasha is sharing right now in this season of a worldwide pandemic and everything that a whole lot of us, if not all of us are feeling grief and pain and loss and trauma are a thing. What's interesting is that this conversation was recorded right before everything hit the fan in the United States. And so as she speaks to grief and pain and loss and trauma in a different context, what we all know and understand and believe is that grief is grief, pain is pain, loss is loss, right? Like we all know this. And so the episode, this conversation even though it is not pandemic specific necessarily, you will feel um, exactly what you need to feel for yourself and hopefully on a very personal level. So we're really, really honored uh, to not just share this conversation with you, but to have a new friendship with a woman, Tasha, that we are so grateful to know and so grateful to learn from. So Honored to share that with you. We'll get there in just a moment, but first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. In this unique time in history, have you also felt the uniqueness in this season of your personal life? Have you felt the nudge to be sure that you're writing your own personal history as it unfolds, complete with the ups and downs? It's undeniable, you guys. We too have felt the increased desire to document, to record impressions and thoughts, and to record memories. You probably know that
1: we're just around the corner from launching a couple of audio courses that will come as incredibly helpful and inspiring resources for you to dive into documenting in a way that may be new and very exciting for you. More on that to come in the coming weeks. In the meantime, we want to remind you that there is great value in simple journaling, simple note-taking on thoughts, impressions, and insights
0: you want to jot down
1: before you forget.
0: Our simple notebooks are the perfect size, the most impeccable quality, and always designed with intention. Our cover designs are inspiring, and the gentle reminder to cultivate a good life and record it comes with every notebook. Also, fun fact, each design is printed in limited quantities, so once a design sells out, that's it. Whether you need a place to jot down a few
1: notes, keep track of your goals, make lists or keep a full-blown journal, we invite you to check out the simple notebook designs that are available exclusively at shopbeckyhiggins.com and stock up you guys because this is a perfect thing to have on hand for gifting. Plus you always get free shipping when you spend at least $35 at shopbeckyhiggins.com. One of the most amazing things about this podcast is we get to meet so many amazing people. And sometimes we meet people that are totally unexpected and we hear their stories and we know immediately that that's a story that has to be shared. That is a voice that has to be amplified and that is completely the case with our guest today. So welcome Tasha to the show. We're so, so happy to have you here um, and so happy to learn from you because there are things um,
0: that you can teach us that nobody else can. Okay, thank you. Especially in the way that you will be sharing it. And what's interesting about this that everyone should understand is Tasha is not likely going to be the person you're already following on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to assume that you don't know her, and that's what is so tender about the way that this all came together. We all have a common friend. Her name is Mandy Gubler. (laughs) Um, She (laughs) is, and you will have already heard her episode, hopefully, um, but she is Vintage Revivals Online. That is how we know you, that that is the way that we were able to connect with you um, being in the same place at the same time and at the right place at the right time. And this was meant to be, and we all feel it and we all know it. And so with that, if you will give a background of your story and your experience that has brought us together, that would be amazing.
2: Yeah. I have four sons and I didn't know before I became a mom that I would identify most closely with being a mother. My oldest son, Morgan, was diagnosed with brain cancer two years ago. He then has a younger brother, Wyatt, who was just a year younger, and Luke, who was a year younger than him. And my fourth son is a sunshine baby named Dylan. And through Morgan's diagnoses, we were taken to... Miles away from our home for treatment, and um, he fought cancer for a year and he died last June. So, nine months ago. I'm so sorry. That is,
1: you don't even know what to say. That's just the loss of a child is something that for me, I hear you speak about is just so unimaginable. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know how to Mm -hmm. adequately say, you know how, how sorry I am. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, that's interesting that you say you don't know how to imagine because I didn't either. And you shouldn't try to imagine. Mm -hmm. I, I have not found a lot of solace or comfort in hearing that. I can't imagine how you feel. Mm -hmm. I, I never feel angry and I haven't felt even irritated when people say that, but I didn't understand that. Well, why are you trying to imagine? Mm. It's not it's not about you. Right. And I love you and I see you and I believe you that you love me and you it's care probably. about me and for goodness sake you certainly love my sick now dead child. Mm. But it's such an interesting shift that happened to me as I went through this that I would have never known and I feel this it's this strange non-pressure responsibility I um, it's love that I want to help people and educate people to better know what to say and how to help people, particularly mothers who are women who feel alone with whatever they're going through. Mm. And mine just happens to be that my child died, yeah. and I've learned a lot.
0: So, and I think the reason why this conversation is so important is we're we're talking to a community of of human beings who are good people, mm-hmm. who mean well, who mm. do n- yes. have experience with loss yes. themselves or have people very close to them that have experience with loss. We're all going to be affected by or already are affected by this. But being better aware of the language that we use and the way that we offer our support is particularly important because if we feel insecure about reaching out in love, we, didn't, we then say nothing. Yes. Right. Yes. And there's, that, that's it's damaging. painful. Yes. Yeah. So that maybe silence s- becomes deafening yeah. Yeah. When,
1: when you don't know what to say. And so
0: for fear of saying the wrong thing, you just you say, nothing. say nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your experience with that mm-hmm. in terms of that language? Help help us understand. Well, let's just actually be really specific and, and blunt, if you don't mind, and sharing some of the things that um, were hard for you to receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were hard for you to hear because of the way you know it yes. made you feel.
2: Yes. When Mo was sick, many many people, all of whom I sincerely believe are good hearted, just like you said, Becky, this, the kindness was evident. They would say to me, let me know if you need anything. Mm -hmm. Let me know how I
0: can help. We've all said the words.
2: I say, I still now find myself starting to say them and then think, okay, I need to remember what I've learned and put my money where my mouth is because I've told so many people that that is such a hard thing to hear. Mm. For one, I didn't know what I needed. What I really needed is for my child to not have cancer and die. Mm. That feels abrasive and that feels negative, which is also something that I think was really tricky for me. I felt like by saying my child is dying, my child will die, my child is dead, that that was negative. When in reality, I think there's an important distinction that that isn't negativity it's truth and it's painful and pain is real and pain is true and pain is my right to fill as a human as Mo's mother Mo's pain and suffering was his right to fill so I couldn't take it away from him I if even if I wanted to I very logistically physically mm-hmm. literally could not yeah. so when people would say let me know how I could help I would think okay, I don't know what I need. Then when I started to figure out things that I needed, I didn't have the strength to ask them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the strength to say, can you bring my family dinner? The whole world would have lined up and did line up to bring us dinner. That's simple. We all want to do it, but I couldn't ask. I was so tired. I was giving everything I had to taking care of my little boy and now taking care of my other little boys. So Don't say, what can I do to help you? Just do something.
1: There's actually um, a, a speaker that we like so much. Ronald Rasband, who was giving um, giving a talk a few years ago, and in that he compared that to someone drowning. Like you're on a boat and you see someone drowning, do you ask? Do you need a life preserver? Mm-hmm. Like no, you don't ask. You just throw the life preserver because they may not be in a place to ask for what they need. Yes, and I yes. think that's such a it's good visual. Such,
2: yes, it's the perfect analogy. Yeah. I felt like I still feel like I'm drowning. Yeah, and I can't say, "Throw me the life vest," even now that I know what I need. Whereas in the beginning, I didn't know there was even a life vest. Now I'm learning that the life vest is just letting me be sad and being right there. There is a woman who I love. Her name's Megan Devine. And someone sent me the YouTube early on in Mo's fight with cancer, which maybe I don't want to call it fight with cancer fight always seemed a little too aggressive Mm -hmm. I didn't find a lot of comfort when people this is shifting gears I will get back
0: no it's all important
2: important. when people would use a hashtag for example in social media that would say stupid cancer or maybe even a more intense word you know right right. I know what you're saying yes screw cancer Mm -hmm. yeah I that wasn't where I went some people do and they get to You better believe that if there is a mom right here whose child has cancer and she's saying every swear word in the book Mm -hmm. about cancer, then she gets to. Mm -hmm. For me, it felt like that was that was bringing negativity, Mm. whereas not because I think that's wrong, but because for me, I didn't want any more aggressiveness the cancer itself the cells were rapidly dividing they were aggressively attacking my little boy's body and so i just i always thought about that i don't want aggressive i want slow kind soft careful help and love and support and megan Mm -hmm. divine's youtube i think the title of it is how to help a grieving friend Mm -hmm. and what it it's amazing the message is just sit by them And let them be in pain. Our instinct, our culture, um, what we've been taught, what we know, what we do, what I do still is try to look on the bright side and try to make people feel better because I love them. And people loved me and love me and love my little boys and love Mo. And so they would try to make it better and say things that were unimaginably hurtful without Intending.
0: Without even knowing. Without even knowing. What were the words?
2: It'll all be okay. Mm -hmm. This happened for a reason. At least he's in a better place. He's in a better place. Mm -hmm. You signed up for this because you're so strong. Mm. You are brave and you are going to learn so many lessons, and one day it will make sense to you. Mm. Even though I, Tasha personally probably believe most of those things, Mm -hmm. it's not helpful to hear. It isn't helpful to hear that he's in a better place because he's not with me and he's not with his dad and he's not with his little brothers. So it's, it's just not helpful to hear that everything happens for a reason.
0: So to be specific, when you said earlier, you said, let me be sad. So I'm a friend in your personal life, you've had, you're grieving this huge loss. What does it look like for me to let you be sad? Does it include words of permission? Like this does suck, man. Like it, like instead of trying to brush it off with those other phrases, which are, we all know we've said them and they're well-meaning and all those things. But what is my behavior and what are my words as your friend in your real life mm-hmm. to offer support and love mm-hmm. through such a tragic time? Exactly what you just said. This is the
2: worst. This is every bit as bad and terrible as you feel like it is. I'm trying to practice that with everyone and everything they're feeling that this is as terrible as you feel like it is and not judge it and not. Not try to wipe it away. Right. Right. And not rank it. Mm. Another thing. So many people say, Oh, I don't want to bother you with my problems. You have the worst. Right. They Mm. mean well. And they're probably, they could be right. Mm-hmm. For one, that makes me feel more alone mm-hmm. and more isolated. Wow. Because I feel like, call I now have something that none of you have. And so I'm by myself. It's reminding me how terrible it is. Yeah. Furthermore, I, I like human connection. And so when I hear those words, oh, I'm not going to tell you, that's where my brain stops. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when I hear, no, no you you have it worse, I think that's not how it works. I don't think there's an order. Right, it's not like a scale of suffering. Yeah. And... yeah, because even people whose child died from cancer versus a school shooting versus natural disasters versus suicide versus any kind of loss, even that's not death, they're in pain. So the sensitivity around the words, this is terrible, or it's huge. It's huge. And it's important. I was a hot. I I shouldn't say was I am a hospice nurse. Mm -hmm. But I worked in hospice care for many years before my child gets got sick. And the number of people who said to me, it's amazing that you have the skills and the know how and the resources Mm -hmm. to care for a dying person, because your son was going to die. That is, a, that is not a malicious thing to say, and it hurts so much because it felt like, so wait, it cheapened my care for the many people who were dying before my son got sick because I don't believe that it was because I needed to take care of my son later. I was taking care of them, and each one of them is different, and each one of them has a different experience. And yeah. there are many people maybe now who are listening who don't feel the same way I do, who wanted and needed to hear, let me know if you need anything. That's a good point. So I think that is that is often why I don't talk or mm-hmm. haven't been able to yet, even though I feel that responsibility and love too, is because I feel misunderstood. So I think that sometimes too, when a person is saying that they feel sad and then or when i'm saying i feel sad and a person says well you have three other healthy boys Mm. or you will see him again he's in a better place i he learned his lessons in 10 years that are going to take us 80 years those kinds of things would almost instantly shut me down because i felt like either then i was being told that what i was feeling was wrong So they Mm. are trying to fix what I'm feeling or fix what I'm saying or misunderstood. When in reality, I just wanted to be heard. And in the, in the YouTube video, validated, validated acknowledged,
1: I think there's, I think there's something about, I'm trying to like kind of dissect, like, what is it about us that like we see someone in pain and we want to fix? Because I think it is more than just, I a hundred percent believe there is loving intent behind all of it but there has to be a deeper piece of that of like almost protecting ourselves or keeping ourselves in a comfortable place because if you're sitting with a friend and you just say this is the worst ever and just sit there with them in their pain I think there is fear that we all have with ourselves and with others of what emotionally bottoming out actually looks like Mm -hmm. and if that's a scary place Mm -hmm. which is interesting because emotionally bottoming out is literally the road ahead Mm -hmm. you know what I mean absolutely avoiding that for fear of what that looks like or what that feels like or or not knowing what to do sitting with the like this doesn't make sense there's no way there's no way to logicize this and make it okay Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Like it Mm -hmm. just is Mm -hmm. another thing about it um, in a perspective that we all get, we all understand it, is that when you go through something tragic or traumatic, um, and even if it seems a notch down from being extreme, human connection is one of the most important things that gets us through a difficult time. So I'm really glad that you brought that up in terms of when the wall would feel like it would go up immediately is because someone would say, well, oh, I don't want to bother you with my problems because you've already been through something way, way, way harder. So it, I, I've never thought of that before. That specific example, I've never thought of that being a blockade or a wall that's now put between me and the person that I might be trying to empathize with. And yet that perspective, I think, is really important for all of us to think through because at the end of the day, no matter what your trial is in the moment, you need connection. It is important. It is a basic human need. And I don't know if... But also, too, recognizing that there's, I,
1: I can be physically present and with all my love and acknowledge the situation and the awfulness of it. And it's not my job to connect with you in that experience. Yes. I can't join you yes. in it's that yours. experience. You yes. know what I mean?
2: I like to use the exact words that it is your right to feel your pain. Mm. Whether we believe in a higher power or a connection to the universe or whatever it is that will join us in that, as human beings, Mm -hmm. we each have a right that is specifically ours. And I remember thinking when my little boy, my 10-year-old little boy was sick, that it, it occurred to me so clearly, we are the same I'm not higher than him. Mm -hmm. We are both human beings. Mm -hmm. So this pain and this experience is his right. And at first I thought maybe that was a defense mechanism and I accepted it and thought whatever it is that makes me get through this is okay. And then what I later learned is that it is very, very true. The only way, Mandy taught me this, not to stop in the middle of a sentence, but
0: I love knowing where we learn things. Beckin, Becky's taught me a lot of things. I love it. Andy's taught me I a love lot it. of things. Uh-huh. Yeah, good thing we have each other. I know, right? That's the point, right? I have
2: to listen. Podcasts have been my lifeline oh. for nine months because mm. I can't, I can't go in public. I don't do very well, and I get overwhelmed. And sometimes I find myself telling strangers at the grocery store that my ten-year-old son had brain cancer and it was terrible and he died. Yeah. And then sometimes I find myself not barely being able to utter his name Mm. so it's a strange feeling and podcasts, listening to other people and their experiences make me feel less alone Mm. so that is my only hope is that somehow some way even if the words don't resonate that in whatever it is that we can feel less alone but not rob someone of their experience Mm. i so with with Mo and I both being human beings with our right to feel our pain, I then became a better caretaker. I felt more peace and I felt more calm and comfort. And it wasn't because I think I'm going to see him again. It was because I realized that this was his. And he, a child, is such a good teacher because he... Never felt awkward in silence. Mm. He could very clearly say the words brain tumor. He could, my other children could and can very clearly say he died. That is very important for children specifically, my children. And then just on a broader perspective from nursing care and particularly traumatic or emergent nursing care use as few words as possible and direct words we have a tendency to say pass away or loss all of which are appropriate and acceptable in whatever capacity they are for you my children needed to hear he is going to die he died he is dead and share what your littlest said yes oh my goodness dylan who mo always called dilly and sunshine And he has this long flowing hair. So his face just radiates happiness anyway. He was 10 months old when we found Morgan's brain tumor Mm -hmm. for an entire year of his life. So more time than he had been alive, he was without me, essentially. My sister helped. We had love and kindness from from every angle which is what i would wish for anyone going through it he couldn't speak because he was a little baby and but he watched it all and now he's two and he you know he talks like a two-year-old so he says which is the best by the way i love it i love it (laughs) he looks at the moon at night he Mm -hmm. looks up in the sky during the day and he says momo sick momo all gone momo die Momo love me, me love Momo, and that's it.
0: That's so pure.
2: It is so pure, and it is so true. It's all truth. Mm -hmm. That is the thing. It is all true, and it's clear. And I think that as a person who is not two and has more vocabulary and ability to, to communicate feelings, in the middle of trauma, I want direct and not very much. So yeah. hearing what you said, Becky, I'm so sorry this sucks. That's it. And then sit. And then allow the person who's in pain mm-hmm. to to guide. The experience from there and that doesn't mean that they are going to be able to ask for dinner you still have to take them
0: dinner that's a really right. good point you still have to act and that's you where it really comes to down to talk. like that personal feeling yeah. like yeah. how, of how yep. you know you're supposed to reach out yes don't do nothing yes but do don't do what you think is expected either Right. Yes. like pay attention to the feelings and yes. the promptings that you have yep. because you're you're gonna have them when somebody you love is going through something so tragic you will feel a nudge to do the thing. It Without could be writing doubt. the letter. It could be taking the food. It could be taking the other kids to the park for a bit. Like I, That
1: I, was what was most helpful for me, I think. And dinner is something, you know, our community we're in, dinner is kind of the thing, like mm-hmm. you get a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And that's so great because it's such a, a palatable expression of people's <laughs> love that they, that people understand. It's like that food is that universal language. But for me, some of the most helpful things were um, when when I was going through cancer was Um, people taking care of and loving my other children because I felt like I didn't have enough to give and I needed to like I needed to be here and I needed to be taking care of me and so when other people would would love my kids it it made it okay because I felt like I could have my experience without it totally affecting them
2: yes Mm. when Mo was sick my sister and my sister's-in-law lined up to care for my other children. Mm. And one thing that I don't think we think about very often, because, like you said, Becky, about food and it's the goat's rolls yeah. and lasagnas. <laughs> my kids are, are small and they're picky mm-hmm. and they eat noodles and butter or they eat chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. So when my sister was caring for my children and people would bring, big you know tacos with all the fixings and would say to her so this is so you you know you can have some for tomorrow and my sister taught me a great lesson that now I want to apply she was brave enough and smart enough to say we we need gift cards to Chick-fil-a we need you Mm. to pick up Chick-fil-a I need to be able to send you a text that says here are the five things that these kids want bring those if it's If it's uncomfortable for you or if it's impossible for you or even difficult for you and you, we know you love us. But don't bring the tacos. Don't bring the lasagna. Don't Mm -hmm. bring the five courses of whatever. These are small children and these are their needs. So I think that that does take courage and bravery to be able to say, I don't need what you are giving me. Right. Because we worry that... You get inundated. Truly, you do get a little bit inundated. Yes. And how does it make us feel when someone says we don't need what you just gave us. Right. You kind of shrink a little bit. Right. I I see that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the reflection of the five course meal is like, I love you so much and I don't know what to say. So I'm going to take all that love and I'm going to make you true. the best darn five yep. course meal yes. in the world. Yes. You know
2: what I mean? Yes. But that is a good analogy for all of this. Mm. It is well intended. It is not helpful. Mm. Yeah. So to be able to trust The relationship that you have with someone enough that you can say to them what you are giving me is not helpful and the person on the receiving end can still know that you appreciate and acknowledge their kindness and goodness and then say okay I'll bring the gift cards
0: a thought on the language with that? Because I'm, I'm feeling some people might be like, that is the most uncomfortable. Well, yes, How yeah, do say that? But I, yeah, absolutely. I, but I have a thought on that because I think if as I'm learning from you, Tasha, I'm feeling like maybe the way that I would articulate that, and I'm not in that situation in this moment, but mm-hmm. I think what I would say is, Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for showing your love in this way. The very best thing that could be the most helpful is this. Absolutely. Instead of what you're doing is not helping me. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) It feels a little like you have to do a preemptive thing. Yeah. When you're
1: going through trauma, um, one thing that my husband did is he became, no one was allowed to call me. And it actually was the best thing ever. Like he put a – even my mom. Like he put a buffer so that people had to go through him to get to Mm -hmm. me so that he would only let through what was helpful. And he was very clear and direct Mm -hmm. with like – you know, we want meals. We don't want meals every day. Like it's too much. We want three meals a week. And I I will give like a little tip after that experience. I will never cook another lasagna and bring it to people again. Um, I always Hmm. use Uber Eats when people are going through trauma. Yes. Uber Eats. And I like get their favorite restaurant or if it's someone I know, like I usually have that information and I have it sent to their house because I think, they're actually getting what they need yes okay you know but, I mean? but
0: why you both responded so i have never not loved receiving a lasagna yeah. so tell me what you're feeling when you say i'll never make a lasagna again i want you becky to still continue bringing me lasagna okay okay <laughs> I, know my needs are. <laughs> I bet her lasagna is good well no but seriously like what is it about uh-huh. like tell me the difference so that people can understand
1: so when i was sick mm-hmm. i was really 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 sick for about three four months Um, lasagna is a really great, easy go-to meal in one pan Mm -hmm. and, and people think it's something everyone will love and I'll, my kids like lasagna a lot regularly but like when you get five in the same week, you have no so room in your fridge. Tasha's you no, nodding. There's a few yep. go-tos that seem to be the things. Mm. And um, and my kids totally stopped eating it. So now I have a lasagna that I feel guilty that we're not eating. That now I have to like literally throw away mm. or give to someone hoping that someone doesn't yes. find out. And do you realize all this mental energy is spent yes. trying to make them feel good when the whole point was to relieve my pain?
2: Yes. It's mental acrobat. Acrobatics. Yes, that the, is the
1: greatest phrase ever. Whoa, mental Acrobatics. Right. Mental
0: acrobatics. <laughs> acrobatics. That's what so true. The world. when you never can't even that. stand up. Right. Yeah.
2: Don't do things that require something of the person who's going through the trauma. Mm-hmm. Don't say this. I I hear you, Becky. When, and I appreciate it. And I think it is important to emphasize that instead of saying what you're doing is not helpful use positive words yeah but to get the point across right here instead of saying let me know if there's something mm-hmm. that I can do say I'm going to drop off these things let your husband whoever mm-hmm. that um, gatekeeper the is Ooh, the I love gatekeeper. the buffer yeah. mm. yep I, I I often tease that I needed a personal assistant yes Mm-hmm. to manage my text, to manage instagram mm-hmm. to manage the information i felt very strongly about respecting mo's privacy mm. yeah. we we had a gatekeeper at the hospital we we spent 83 days at once i mean it in any case the nurse would hang up a sign as soon as we got there that said, no one is allowed to enter without first talking to the nurse. Mm-hmm. And we got to the point where we wouldn't put Mo's name on the mm. hospital registry, not because we wanted to keep people away, but because Mo didn't feel well. It required him to host when people would exactly. come visit. Right. right? Yes. I've, uh, uh, what, why yeah. do we go visit people in the hospital? Mm-hmm. They don't feel well, and then they have it requires something right. of them, so they have to either talk or be on point. And I couldn't do it either, so we just so you say something to someone back to the gatekeeper. Or, yeah, I'm going to do this at this time. Uber Eats. One thing that happened to us that was amazing: my sister in law's workplace gathered all this money at lunch, you know, Mm -hmm. put money in here for Katie's nephew, Mo, who was sick and they put the money in and she got give Uber Eats credit. So Hmm. not an actual tangible gift Mm -hmm. card, but credit and put it on our account. So then Mo and I could look through all the options on Uber Eats at the hospital and think about it and figure out what was best. And maybe if he wanted it or didn't want it. And then the credit was there. That's awesome. Money, and then mm-hmm. you don't Hold have to hard cash, a person, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Cold, hard cash, which sounds so just... Like cold. counterintuitive, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. But that's what we needed. Mm. And and anonymously. Not, I don't think you have to do it anonymously. But instead of saying, hey, I sent $100 in the mail. Did you get it?
0: Mm-hmm. For one, that made me feel like you need to handwrite thank you notes or yep. something mm-hmm. yep which is not at all what you should be thinking no, about no and it wasn't what time? they wanted right they
2: really just wanted to make sure that we were getting did, some right sure. so i would have never thought that mm-hmm. i've many times in the last 9 months thought better of even on simple benign things that probably are too much for me because i'm in a painful broken place the Instead of saying, oh, hey, did you get this text I sent? Or, hey, I dropped this thing off. Or, hey, I just let it be. yeah, I Just do it and then let it be. Drop and run. Yes. And the number of people who dropped and ran for us is unspeakable because it is so sacred and tender and important and strange. I mean, the, the whole world unites when there's a sick child. The whole world the, I always felt like if I needed something, we went to Seattle, which was a strange city, and he, Morgan had to have treatment there. His name's Morgan, but he goes by Mo. Mm. I thought many times as I'm driving and he's throwing up and his feeding tube is coming out, mm. I anyone would help me. Anyone would yeah. drop what they're doing and they would help me. For so sure. I knew that, and I still felt hurt by things. So at the same time, we have to remember what we're doing out of kindness maybe could then hurt a person in trauma. And when a person is in trauma, we've all been there. I have where I go to a therapist with regular, I wish I could live in his office (laughs) and he is a psychologist. So I appreciate and want to know more about the inner workings of the brain and why and how, and he explains those things and talks a lot about how, when a person goes through something, we want to rank it. He said trauma is an underused word. When we hear trauma, we think that means rape. Mm. Trauma could mean moving. Trauma could mean losing a job. What are some things that aren't so big? Trauma could be... Something
1: even." being pregnant not yes. being pregnant being yes. married not being married like yes 100 your kids
0: under underperforming in school it i've could experienced be, trauma in my right? career yes yeah. yes it's not job loss yes it's just a, a shift yes. or you know feeling betrayed in the situation mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Yeah. a friendship
2: a, sever- as a severed as an adult friendship yeah. yes I, i've been so deeply affected by a severed friendship mm. and i think I am a 40-year-old grown woman and why on earth is this so traumatic? Right. Mm-hmm. And learning about how the brain works for me and then just hearing someone say a tr- when a person is going through a trauma, they maybe will act in ways that what the aren't what they did before or not deemed by our society as appropriate.
0: That's yeah. really good to point out. We and, need to take that into consideration. Yes. yes. And maybe just
2: think a little bit less when becky just when you raised your hand to your head it made me think about a little bit about mental illness i've studied it i hadn't before mo got sick experienced true anxiety and depression and i am experiencing it now and i know it's a different topic i would like to say here we should watch our language and maybe not say, oh, she's acting crazy right now because her child died. Right. Let's be more thoughtful about the language we use. Let's be more thoughtful about saying around children whose brother died. Oh, you're going to die when you hear this story. Oh, I would even rather that, die than yeah, experience that. Casual that vernacular of, yes, of, of, yeah. that yeah. is sincerely benign. Yeah. Which even saying benign, when I say that right now, I think, Mo's brain tumor was malignant. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be benign. Words that are just part of... Yeah, their language. Yes, mm-hmm. Yes, and it is worth it to... When you think about my eight-year-old little sensitive boy named Luke, whose older brother died, and this summer I was eating a popsicle and said, Oh, this tastes like heaven on earth. And he got teary and cried and cried. And that night before he went to bed said... But mom, if heaven was on earth, then Mo would still be here. Hmm. I thought it is reasonable for me as an adult to be more conscious about the words I say and to not take offense or get defensive when people in a podcast start saying that we shouldn't say, I would rather die because that's not what I mean. Hmm. For the sake of children who are in pain and suffering, which really is all of us in some way, As children learning and growing and developing, we can, and we should think more
0: carefully and try to adjust. We totally should. we totally agree with that. We also don't want everyone being freaked out that you're always going to say the wrong thing. So please don't, please don't stop talking to people because you're scared of saying the wrong thing. Um, Because I can see somebody going, well, my goodness, what's even the right thing to say? But I, I think to your point, it's, if you just are, if you just take a minute Yep. Just take a minute and think about what you're saying. That can go a long way. Yes. And to that, guess what is
2: magical to hear? What's that? A
0: person says,
2: oh, um, you're going to die when you hear this. I'm sorry that I said you're going to die when you hear this because your little boy just died.
0: Like acknowledge it.
2: Yes. Address Mm -hmm. it. Yes.
0: Actually Actually, address it. Yep. Like Instead catch of, yourself and acknowledge it and be
2: like uh five days later or ne- or not mm. later, but then the next time. I sincerely mean that I don't remember who said what to me. Mm-hmm. There is no part of me that thinks, well that person said this. Mm-hmm. So keep saying things and yeah. keep saying the wrong thing and then I I do.
1: Or even acknowledge. Like I, I just don't know that, what to say what like Yes, just, I, don't what I don't know what to say. Because
2: yeah. because you're in pain and this is bad. Yeah. Yes, say that.
0: Well, another thing I think I remember you saying um, off off the microphones, I think, is um, you want people to still talk about him and honor him. Oh, say his my name. Oh, my stars. Right? If the,
2: my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, I just sent them a message this morning. They had a baby in November and they gave their child the middle name Morgan. Mm. Oh. I want the whole world to be oh. named Morgan. Oh. I'm not kidding. Though, because he is dead and he is not here but his name is alive and his love is alive and i i want life so much and i feel like love is life and education is life and understanding is life and
0: we have to give it to each other and so using his name mm-hmm. is honoring I him love and it. keeping him mm-hmm. and keeping his the, the The monus alive. Yeah. The monus. The monus, yes.
1: (laughs) I think that's a common misconception is like, you know, we, what brought on this conversation is I think sometimes get in that place of like, oh, well, I don't want to bring it up if she's having like a quote, good day. I don't want to bring up cancer or, you know, for people, for me, they'll, are you, I don't, I don't really want to upset you, but are you afraid like the cancer's coming back when they, when they don't talk about it? Um, it almost makes it worse Mm -hmm. to be honest. And, yeah, and so sometimes we really keep ourselves in, in those patterns that can be.
0: I agree with that. And I, I mean, I give just a small example that's, um, unrelated to the type of loss that mostly what we're talking about. But when I was going through some really hard stuff with anxiety and work and things like that, and I had really close friends who were not even acknowledging it. I, and I have no hard feelings really truly toward anyone, but these are my people. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I felt, I felt strongly that I needed to share about it online, which I did. And I know that they see that and for them to not even Mm -hmm. reach out and acknowledge and be like, dude, that's tough stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. or how are you doing today? This Mm -hmm. is a big deal. Like anxiety was a big deal and it was traumatic and it was scary and it was unknown territory and I was navigating my way through it. And so I think that to the point you're saying, like silence is really hurtful. Like it's okay To reach out, and in fact, encourage to at least acknowledge that person that you do care about. Say something. Yeah. It's become kind of a a hit phrase lately, and I love it.
2: Maybe not lately. I see you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the point of that is so real. And I, I think one thing is, what if we said to people, oh, I didn't know that your son died. Do you want to keep talking about him? Do you want to stop talking about him? And then when someone says that to me, it's new. This is a whole shift in vocabulary, but then I can say yes or I can say no. Falls in your court. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's that. You feel, do you feel respected? Yes. So those words come out of somebody's mouth. And do you feel like that that then gives you permission to be able to then take the conversation in the direction you want?
2: And I feel acknowledged. And that's all Um, we want. That's the whole point of all I'm trying to say is acknowledgement don't fix you can't fix my pain don't try to change my pain certainly don't try to ch- take my pain away just acknowledge it
0: mm. i am a better human being for totally. knowing you <laughs> thank well, you likewise
1: we're so glad that we could we could have this conversation because it's such an important conversation and mm-hmm. we feel like when we find the right person to talk about the thing and you are definitely the right person to talk about this thing. I also wanted to bring up our friend Lindsay Ross Mm -hmm. um, has actually um, done a study in and made kind of a manual of what to do when you don't know what to do for like a million different situations, situations. Mm-hmm. She asked me when I had cancer, it's not like just what was trauma. helpful. What was not mm-hmm. job loss. She has had, um, a situation where she had her brother, um, is an addict and him going through different things. People just didn't know how to serve their family because it. it's a situation they didn't know how to talk about. And so that is another resource. And we'll go ahead
0: and yeah. that we'll in show link notes. to that episode that has already aired. And also the resource that she's provided, but, um, Tasha, thank you for blessing all of us with opening your mouth because you can live in this pain alone. That is a choice. You can, you can wallow in your sorrows, as everyone should feel like they can do if they want. But you are choosing to open your mouth, and we feel completely honored that this is a space that you feel safe to be able to do that. And I assure you that the lives that you are touching through a microphone will reach way beyond your capacity to ever know. And and we thank you for that.
1: Thank you. I hope there's a little more monus in the world. There's monus, all listening. To monus, <laughs>
0: you guys think about Mo as you go about your life. Think about honoring him by by thinking about your language and um, putting a little bit more intention into the relationships that you have with people. And friends, we thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. we invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly act on them we love you we're cheering you on mo is cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week bye guys